Hi everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Gather Round, the podcast series sharing stories from Aberdeen Archives, Gallery and Museums. In this episode, Deirdre and Rachel talk about our fascinating new exhibition, Where Ideas Are Born. This show brings together the work of over 20 photographers from the celebrated Magnum Photos Agency, including Inga Marath, Eve Arnold and Robert Kappa. Around 70 photo portraits of internationally renowned artists capture the moment in their studios, such as Andy Warhol, Frida Kahlo and Pablo Picasso, when the spark of creativity ignites and ideas are born. Thanks for joining us on this podcast about Where Ideas Are Born, a Magnum Photos exhibition showing at Aberdeen Art Gallery. I'm Deirdre Grant and I look after the public programme at Aberdeen Archives, Gallery and Museums. I've been involved in bringing this major photography exhibition to the city and really pleased to share it with everybody. I've been working with a great team of colleagues, uh, both in exhibitions and learning, to set the show up and introduce it to our visitors. I'm joined by Rachel Thabotamonoe, our learning manager, who has just undertaken a couple of really successful public talks on the show. Now, Rachel, you've got a background in photography, a passion for the same. So do tell us a little bit about that and this great opportunity that we've had to work with Magnum. Thanks, Deirdre. Yeah, I just love photography. So I'm a graduate of fine art photography at Glasgow School of Art. Um, It was a few years ago now, Um, (laughs) but I I just love it. Um, The thing about photography is it's really abundant and omnipresent. It's, you know, it's, it's all around us all the time. And I suppose it's a form that You know, it is, of course, it's an art form, but it's a tool. It's a way of making a record. It's an interpretation. The technology is amazing and the advancement in the technology really informs the way that people use photography. But, you know, going back, um, you know, maybe to the ancient Greeks, you know, it's drawing with light, it's communication. It's it's also propaganda. Lots of different ways that photography is used. And I just find that fascinating. I suppose one of the great things about my job is, you know, getting to work with um, getting to work with my colleagues, but also getting to work with these amazing um, tuning um, exhibitions and everybody who's involved in that. And, you know, Magnum are by far the, the greatest photo agency and they've got a really brilliant and distinguished history. So it's just been such a brilliant um, exhibition to be involved in. But you've worked with Magnum quite a few times before, Deirdre, but maybe you can tell us some more about about that exhibition and about this about this partnership. Yeah, I'd really like to. So the show is Where Ideas Are Born, and it's a Magnum um, Photos exhibition. It really, in its its simplest form, is great photographers taking photographs of great artists, right from 1940s through to, I think the most recent one is 2018. Magnum is a global agency, really well known, uh, very prestigious, formed just after the Second World War in 1947 by an extraordinary group of uh, photographers, Henri Cartier-Bresson, George Roger, Robert Kappa and David Seymour. And the whole point of the agency was to make sure that the photographers retained the integrity of their, their photographs. They weren't beholden to the magazine and newspaper editors who had commissioned them. And so that the copyright and the money coming in stayed with that lovely collective that was formed in the in the late 40s. We've had the privilege of working with Magnum over the years. We've done some lovely, lovely shows with them. And photography 
always interests our visitors, I think. I mean, what's not to like about photography, <laughs> I always say. Yeah, so totally. we did a super big show on Cartier-Bresson when I, I first sort of started at the gallery and museums. Uh, we worked on a show about Eve Arnold. And then for our opening of the gallery in 2019, we had this superb chance to uh, bring the work of Martin Parr to Scotland for the first time. He had a whole collection of Scottish photos which had never been seen in exhibition before. And alongside that, we were able to commission him to come to the city on a number of occasions throughout the year uh, prior to opening and take photographs of the citizens of Aberdeen at leisure. So that was a, a great show. People were able to come in and actually see themselves um, hanging on the gallery walls. But um, so that's Magnum. Now, Rachel, coming to this show, tell me what excites you about it. We walk about every day now with cameras basically in our pockets. So everybody knows photography. And in a way, that's its greatest strength. But in some ways, it means that it's recognition as an art form. Sometimes, you know, people don't recognise the, the beauty, the technical skill. One of the photographers says that, and I'll try and remember who it, who it was, but I think it might be Eve Arnold. And she says that it's the, the photographer who is, you know, the instrument mm. in a sense. You know, it's the photographer who's telling the story. It's not like, you know, click the button and Kodak will do the rest sort of idea, you know. So I like that. And um, but I like that there's all these different kind of um, associations with photography. So I just love it. I also think Magnum being that really amazing agency, they're worldwide. They've got, you know, 100 photographers on their website. You've got this eclectic mix of vision, ideas, storytelling. And to have that come here to Aberdeen is brilliant. So well done, Deirdre, for bringing it, because it's just fantastic having this show here and, you know, seeing people respond in the way that they have. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we've got 25 photographers here and some of them are taking the same artists, which is, is quite, quite interesting. What we're looking at, and I think what excites the public or interests the public is we're actually sort of, seeing inside, you know, we're seeing behind the scenes because we're looking at artists in their studio. And I think the show, you know, going as it does from the, the you know, when Magnum was founded in the, in the 40s to, um, you know, the, the late, um, you know, sort of 2018, 2019, that what we're seeing is is how artistic practice, I think, developed and how studios developed because mm-hmm. Herbert List, one of the photographers, he's he's taking those those greats amongst them Picasso and Picasso is in this, you know, he's in his garret, he's in his attic studio and he's sort of looking out through the skylight and waiting, you know, the the, the, the sort of evening sun is is coming down and he's got this amazing studio, you know, quite, quite tidy, actually, I think, um, (laughs) which is one of the interesting things about seeing studios. But, you know, that's him. And then, you know, you go on through the show and you come to somebody like Anish Kapoor, who is working in London in this amazing the huge sort of factory style studio supported by possibly, you know, 20 assistants because of the nature of the work he makes, the large sculptural work. Just thinking back to, you know, that Picasso image and it's blown up as well. We've been able to blow it up in the show so you can get a really, a really amazing feel for, for what was going on there. And then he, he stayed in the studio during, during the war, although he, he wasn't allowed to exhibit. 
and, and would entertain and, and, and painted there, including Guernica. His very famous work was painted in, in his Paris studio. But I think that was one of the ones you were, you were particularly interested in, the, the work of yeah. the, the history of Picasso. I was because I think, he, you know, he's a really interesting artist in that, you know, he's one of those artists that people know of. I mean, they've got cars named after him with his with his signature on the back <laughs> of the car. And, you know, so he's, he's one of those artists that he's a giant, but he's quite problematic as well. And I think uh, the works that are in that particular photograph, I mean, he had he was a prolific artist. He went through many different um, artistic stages. He was, you know, associated with many movements in in modern art. But he was also instrumental in the development of a movement or a kind of style that was named primitivism, which, you know, is quite a problematic term. And that's, you know, I, I, I mean, I think it was a really genuine admiration for the works of indigenous artists, mostly unnamed from Oceania or the Pacific and Africa. Mm-hmm. And he and Matisse, you know, they shared this love of this of this type of art. I think Matisse says in the notes for the exhibition that that Matisse possibly introduced Picasso to African art, which is is also interesting. But it's it's a funny one, this, because, you know, there's a lot of interest and discourse around, you know, cultural appropriation and and representation. And if, if you're thinking about that history and where how have we got to where we are now? When you've got, you know, um, art critic Alistair Sook asking the question, is it time we cancelled Picasso? How have we got to that now? When you trace it back, you're definitely making a, a stop off at primitivism because his his influence, his work and his kind of fame and, and the not just the impact, the visual impact that his work has made, but the fact that it's so sought after and so valuable in financial terms as well. That's going to have to have an impact in how we now understand and read images and understand, uh, you know, how we value things or how we see them, how we read them. So I'm I'm not sure we should cancel Picasso, but I definitely think that there's something in that. You know, why why would we kind of name something primitivism? And it is time, I think, to start to question that. So I'm interested in him. I think he's a great artist. It's a beautiful photograph. Rachel, just coming in there, <laughs> there might be other um, reasons for potentially cancelling him. I mean, there's a... a, yeah. a um, Alongside um, those images by Herbert List, there's um, some by Inga Morath and um, one of uh, Jean Gillot, who mm. was mar- who was the partner of Picasso and had two children with him. And when she left him after 10 years, it's, and it's a very strong sort of portrait. She would have been in her 50s at the time. But when she left Picasso, he apparently went round all the galleries and told them not to purchase her work. Mm. But um, here's an amazing, strong woman who's still alive at the age of 101 and where possible is is perhaps not traveling but I think still working so there you go (laughs) yes I think he is known for being yeah a little bit of a misogynist as well um but yeah I mean it's I think you know that it's an important thing isn't it you know do you separate the the person from the art and it's Mm -hmm. something that it's not just in, in, in the visual art world that we speak about that. We speak about that in, in other art forms as well. I think that's one thing that the show, the show is sort of doing because 
a lot of these people, their lives crossed each other and they, mm. you know, they, they knew each other. So, you know, um, Inga Marath was, was, was married to, um, Arthur Miller, the playwright, and they lived in a particular area with other creatives. So this buzz almost of people knowing each other and connecting with each other, you know, across the decades, which is quite interesting. I learned quite a lot in, in, um, you, you know, writing about, about the show. Um, and preparing for it. Um, I certainly didn't know all the photographers and, um, although was familiar with, I think most of the artists didn't, didn't know much about some of them. And I think coming to the show, I think it's, there's a spark there where I think people might think, Oh, I must go off and see, you know, I must go off and Google that because I didn't know. Yeah. About, no, so I think it's a kind of jumping off point. It's quite interesting. It is. Yeah. You're much better informed now. Yeah. Well, I think you did a really good job along with um, our colleague Jason of selecting interesting, because it's quite a big show, isn't it? And we haven't got everything, but you've made some really brilliant connections to the collection that the city holds and that the art gallery is displaying. So there's a few images in here you know, that, that have artists like, like Francis Bacon. And we've got to speak about his work because, and that photograph. Sorry, do you want to describe it? I'm laughing at just the memory of it. Do you want to describe the photo? Um, oh, Francis, Francis Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. So he was being photographed by Ian Berry. Am I right? Yes, it is Ian Berry. It is it? Ian Berry, yeah. And um, he, Berry had been commissioned by the Observer to go down to, to Francis Bacon's studio. I'm not quite sure what he made of it. I think it might have been difficult. I mean, it, was quite a, it was quite a small studio by all accounts. And the estate of Bacon, Bacon still have that property. But, you know, he would have found it difficult to set his kit up, I think. It's just <laughs> so messy, so incredibly messy. He also found that on the day that he went there, to quote the photographer, that Francis Bacon was very truculent, so wasn't kind of playing ball, maybe, in terms of having his photo taken. So, you know, the photographer thought he'd had a really hard day and, you know, wasn't that happy with the results. But, you know, it, it was on the front of the Observer magazine. So there you go. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's an amazing talk? photograph because although um, so one of, one of the reasons that I mention it is um, that we we have a Francis Bacon on display in the art gallery, but this picture, like you're completely right. Like I don't know how he managed to get the photo because it looks so cramped, but it's that story that the. Um, that the studio has been reassembled piece by piece and it's at the Hewling Gallery in Dublin. And the fact that when we were reading about the exhibition that there was a team, not just of art historians and curators, but of conservators and archaeologists. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, so it's amazing. It's an amazing story. 7,000 items mapped and surveyed, packed, catalogued and rebuilt with the original doors, floor, walls and ceiling. So you can amazing. visit that. Yeah. I haven't, but I'd love to. I'd love to. Let's yeah, go. It's on my yeah. list now. On my yeah. list. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's such a nice connection because he and on the same wall, there's Frank Urbach, who um, and actually also um, Martin Parr's photograph of Tracy Emin. And those three, Martin Parr, Frank Urbach and, and Francis Bacon are all in Gallery 18 as well. And, you, and downstairs you can see Tracy Emin's um, neon heart as well. Yeah, so we, you know, it just just goes to show, as we always say, we have the most fabulous collection. We're so so lucky to have this collection in Aberdeen. Just thinking about Arbach, who's hanging on the same wall as um, Francis Bacon, and I think probably he had a very untidy studio as well. 
far back. But, you know, I suppose it's all about people being able to work in spaces. And Giacometti, the sculptor, who's been photographed by a, a number of people, a number of different photographers, he, by all accounts, it was 40 years after, or maybe 30 years after he moved into the studio, that he actually got running water. So I'm not... I'm not <laughs> But, you know, these were spaces that people, you know, they, they just, yeah, they worked in them. They, they were, all, I mean, they couldn't have been some of these early studios must have been absolutely Baltic, really freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, there's a creative, the creative spirit mm-hmm. working away in all sorts. And and it's not just, you know, the photographs are not just indoors because we, we do have people working outdoors yeah. like the sculptor David Nash, who has this um, studio in Wales at Blino Fistiniog. Yeah, that's an extraordinary photograph just to see that and then to go downstairs into our gallery for and see a very, very similar work by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that is very special to be able to do that. There's just so many brilliant photographs. I mean, I think that the, the other thing about this show is that you've got some, you know, greats we mentioned, you know, Matisse and, 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 and Picasso, but there's also, you know, other giants of, of art that everybody must have heard of Andy Warhol. I mean, he appears in this exhibition three times, but he's photographed by Eve Arnold. And, you know, she was uh, just a fabulous photographer and interesting that she she started her kind of kind of forays into photography in 1946 and then studied in 48. But by 1951, she's working for Magnum. Mm. Alongside Cartier Bresson, so yeah. first woman to do yes. to do that, yeah, yeah, amazing. So yeah, and the, her photograph of of Andy, um, and he's in the factory in 1964. <clears throat> the factory was the name of his studio, of course, but she photographed everybody, didn't she? She did. I mean, you know, the, those extraordinary photographs of Marilyn Monroe on the set of the. The Misfits, was it? Misfits, yes, yeah, yes. yes. Um, and I, I did, we didn't show them when we did the Arnold exhibition, but um, Jason and I were able to travel to Bradford and, you know, we, we did see them in store, but mm. we weren't we weren't showing them. But, you know, they really would just, I don't know, make your hair stand on end in a funny way. It's just extraordinary. Yeah. And she's got that iconic image of Malcolm X as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that side kind of profile portrait of him with the heart and the, and the ring, Nation of Islam. Yeah, just amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I loved that, that she's in the show. And, you know, there are, there's just so much in, in, in the exhibition. It's interesting that Andy Warhol appears three times, different um, photographers, mm. but the same also for Keith Herring, who appears in this exhibition three times. That's right. And so we've got a colour image of him and then we've got some earlier black and white images of him working out, outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's such a he's like a, he's a really he died so young. He was I think, you know, I think he was about 37 or something. He was under 40 when he died. But his impact is just hasn't it hasn't diminished. And, you know, it's interesting to think about um, his designs and and the the kind of visual language that he's playing with is that mm-hmm. you can go to Primark and buy a t-shirt with his designs on it just now yeah. and you know it's really interesting because that at the time when he was making his work that was also part of his practice was making it completely accessible bringing art out onto the street and then making products that people could afford to buy 
So, you know, just amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people recognise his work, but maybe didn't know the man. I, I think that I think you're right, because, I mean, just thinking about Arnold and, and Malcolm X, I mean, people know that, that image, but they wouldn't necessarily know the name of the photographer. So, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great to bring the artists and photographers together. And some of these photographers went on to develop extraordinary um, long term relationships. You know, they maybe were commissioned, went in. I'm thinking of the, the German photographer, Thomas Hooker, who, you know, would go out and do all sorts of commissions and had a commission to photograph uh, Liechtenstein, Roy Liechtenstein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went back over a period of 20 years to, to photograph the artist. So, you know, the, the, the huge story there. And likewise, uh, Philippe Halsman, he photographed Salvador Dali over 37 years, which seems amazing. And had sort of said if he was looking for somebody to follow through on a kind of crazy idea, he would always ask Dali. <laughs> if he would do it and he would so but to know somebody for that length of time and to take photographs of them is just 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 amazing i think yeah yeah and these these photographers are the same people that were uh, you know documenting um the, you know the, the kind of invasion of iraq or you know the, you know they, they had an incredible assignments outside of what Absolutely. we see here some of it quite dangerous when you think about it and yeah. you know their their reach and and the, the from wars and areas they went into you know and to look at something like the David Nash which was taken by Stuart Franklin and then yeah. to to realize that he was the same photographer was the one who captured um the man in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square you know, so I think that that's what we know when I said that this sort of jumping off point is great to go and find out more about these particular photographers, because, uh, you know, this is only one area of their work yeah. in terms of being part of the Magnum Agency. Absolutely. I think that that's um, I think that's really important. And it brings us back, I suppose, to the whole point that, that you know, that you, you spoke about that at the start, that. The agency was really created to give um, the photographers that freedom and the, the sort of the freedom to select their own assignments, but also the freedom for their work to be the story rather than to illustrate a story. And those original photographers that, um, you know, Carter Bresson and Roger, um, David Seymour and Robert Kappa, you know, if you look at um, the essence of their practice being quite different, but also coming from a generation who'd lived through the war, survived the war, that th- that essence of, you know, what's, in, you know, it's not, you know, only what is seen, but the way that you see it, the way that you present mm. it, that that's the important essence. And probably at the time, you know, we can maybe take that a little bit for granted, you know, that people are conversant, they can read images, they understand photojournalism, that maybe at the time when Magnum was created, that was maybe, you know, that's what makes it stand apart. You know, it's quite a groundbreaking and important agency. I found it really interesting finding out more about the the founders, actually, Mm. although I knew them all um, and I certainly knew their work, um, you know, like George Roger being the first photographer to go into the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp, you know, those absolutely horrifying images. And, you know, Robert Kappa, uh, you know, being famous for his images of of the Spanish Civil War. But what I didn't know about him was that his name 
it wasn't his name. Exactly. And, they, <laughs> and so he had a girlfriend and they, uh, they decided together to publish photographs under the, the name of this, uh, what they called a famous American photographer, Robert Kappa. <laughs> and actually the photographs that are early on in, in the career of Robert Kappa should actually be attributed to her, some of them. Her name was Gerard Taro, and she then eventually went on to publish work under her own name. And they met uh, when they were, yeah, when it had been, you know, post-war, I think. I mean, that's quite fascinating. His um, name was actually Andre Friedman. But and, and interesting that his brother um, also adopted the name Kappa and is also a photographer. Yes, I know. So like I, I kind of I must have known this before, but I, I don't know. Why, but it was when I was sort of reading, and I thought this is fascinating. Mm. Like him mm. alone. Can we get Can we get Robert Can we get a Robert Kappa exhibition next? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 But what so, What What struck you as an unusual, you know, unusual thing that you learned through the process of getting to know the show? Was there anything like that that you that you came across and thought, wow? I think for me. Just knowing more about the photographers other than those images that are on display here and, and reading about them and their, you know, their reach and their spread globally in terms of the work that they were doing. Because, you know, to go into a studio is one kind of commission to be yeah. sent off into a war zone is, is completely another. And yet, you know, the spread of some of these people, some of these photographers is, is extraordinary. So it is, it, for me, it was about really learning so much more, both about the artists and the photographers and, you know, going off to, to find out even more about them. The show's on for a wee bit longer, so we've got more time to swat up, haven't we? Well, um, well we don't want to be complete swats, but what, what I would like to say here is that we, in, a, in addition to the show, we were able to work with our friends, Aberdeen Artists Society, to put a call out to local artists for images showing their studios, their creative spaces. Mm. So we have a, a very lovely digital offer of 47 artists based in the northeast of Scotland, some in their studios, some empty studios. But it's great. And there are lovely um, synergies and, you know, between this digital offer of northeast artists and the big show itself, you know, beautifully crafted studios, messier studios, perhaps. Um, so it's been great to work with them to have this. And we're still looking for photographs of studios. So if you get on the website, you'll be able to see, you know, where, where to send a picture of your studio to or bring it in. And I think lots more people have studios or developed areas to work in um, following COVID and, and lockdown, you know, making spaces for themselves. So and it doesn't have you don't have to be a visual artist, creative in any way. Send us yeah, your studio. Yeah, creative photograph. space. Yeah. Yeah where yeah. your ideas are born it's a nice idea so there's an area in the exhibition where that'll kind of grow and change as yeah. more images are added yeah 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 i haven't taken a photograph of mine but i don't really have a studio so but you've got one <laughs> you took a photo of me because i was making a tremendous mess at my desk one day yes um, well, that could be a studio i suppose it was yeah. i was being creative <laughs> i'd given myself an assignment to make something over my lunch break and i did it was okay, and uh, but I did have to finish it at home that night, and, and I think it was quite well received. It was quite an intricate birthday card, 
Um, but yeah, I I love to do that, and actually miss being creative in that in that way. And it's one of the things, you know, it's a great privilege in our job that we get to work with brilliant creative people, both in the team but also visitors to the city who are coming and sharing their work. But occasionally you're inspired to do something hands-on and creative yourself. And then you look around and you think, well, actually, I could do, I could do with a studio. So on that occasion, I made it my you're desk. Always, you're always creative. You're a photographer. <laughs> so yeah, go forth. Well, go forth. <laughs> I, need, I need to be more creative. But yeah, but we're really lucky. I mean, I suppose that's one of the best things about working here is we work in this beautiful building, amazing collection, but it's one of the things I love the most is seeing other people get so much out of it and enjoying it so much. So I really hope thousands more people come and see this show because it's a great show. Well, after listening to Deirdre and Rachel talk about this exhibition, we hope you want to come and see it for yourself. It's open until Sunday the 11th of June at Aberdeen Art Gallery on School Hill. If you want to send in a photograph of you working in your studio or creative space, please head to our website at www.aagm.co.uk. Remember to hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode of Gather Round. Until next time, bye!